Welcome to the Blackburn Boss Podcast, where we talk about all the things you wish you were told when you started your business. I'm your host, Audrey Blackburn, owner of Blackburn Consulting, where I work with women-led small businesses and nonprofits to move them from a place of scarcity to one of abundance. Want to help us grow this podcast? Then help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes. So we last talked about the reasons, the six reasons that businesses fail. And one of those reasons that businesses fail is, you know, growing too fast. So I want to talk about that today. You think that growth, all growth is good growth, right? Um, We, especially if you're wanting to grow. Now, there are people out there that, you know, have businesses and they don't want to grow. They have a certain level they want to be at. They maybe want to maintain just a one-person business. They don't want to have employees. They don't want to grow the business too large. That's completely okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Then there are people that are like me that say, hey, I want to grow this business. I want to see how big I can get it. And how many people I can reach and how many people I can help. And so that's the type of business I'm looking for. And I've been in business five years. And in that time, I've hit several growth spurts, um, more than a couple. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of pitfalls with growing. It's good and bad. You know, I always tell people um, being busy, Um, because you've got a lot of um, new clients coming on is great. And it is because it's exciting. You're bringing in new life into the company and you're taking on new clients. But the problem is you've got to be able to manage that growth. And so the things that I have learned from that is that you've got to have a plan. So if you're going to take on new clients, you got to know how many new clients you can take on or how how much new, you know, if you're selling a product, how much new product can you produce and still get it out there in a good time frame? I think of a great example of this with producing product of a company that I purchased from, which is um, Rewind. Rewind makes these really amazing nutritious bars that are for people that are need like gluten-free, sugar-free, vegan, all the things, dairy-free, everything. And they're, they taste like phenomenal. I mean, uh, they're one of my favorite snack bars. Lots of good, healthy nutrition in these bars. But they are made by this company that my guess is kind of smaller um, they've they built it from the ground up and they're growing and they're constantly growing and adding new products. But they started with just this one single product and now they've got multiple products. But what happened to them last year was very interesting. You have to pre-order the bars and you can get them on a subscription service, which is what I did. And because I love them and I know the flavor that I like, so I just order them and I have them delivered. You know, you can do, they've got it set up to where you can do it like every week, every two weeks, every month, every two months, quarterly, whatever you want. And so I had them coming um, every two weeks because I just find that I eat these one a day and they replace a meal and they're just, like I said, they're 
phenomenal. And so I wanted to have them on hand. And back around December, they stopped coming. And I thought, okay, did I screw up my subscription? Like what happened? Did somebody take my bars? Because sometimes I have problems getting my packages. Nope. Email went out from the company said, hey, we screwed up. We have sold, you know, so many of our bars and we didn't make enough and we didn't get enough ingredients. And so it's going to be a while. Well, it ended up being, I want to say a month, you know, don't quote me, but it was, it was a while. I'm pretty sure it was a month before anyone got their bars. Um, And I say it happened in December. I think that's when they started shipping them again was middle of December and they had been without until sometime early, you know, late October. So it was a while that we all had to wait. There's a lot of people when you have to step away and you don't make enough of something, there's a lot of people that say, you know what, I'll go somewhere else and find it. Um, for me, I love these bars so much, I was willing to wait. And I'm sure there were quite a few other people out there willing to wait. But the company owned up to it and they said, hey, we just, we didn't think you wanted these things that much and we didn't have enough on hand. And then we got the ingredients in and we didn't have enough and we didn't plan properly. And so it was a huge learning experience for us. But that could have went really badly, right? And I don't know that it didn't affect their bottom line. Who knows? Because I'm not within the company. But it seems to have went well, and, and their clientele seems to have been okay with it. But what would you do if that was you? If it wasn't a product, but it was a service, and you have signed on so many new clients that now all of a sudden you don't have the ability to handle the overflow, or maybe you have this great staff that's just humming right along, and then all of a sudden someone quits. And you don't have a backup plan or you don't know how to jump in and take over the work because you've been out of the loop for so long. There's all kinds of things that can happen in businesses when it's growing. Even when it's not growing, there's plenty of things that can happen. But when it's growing, we have to really stay on top of it. And for my business, when it's growing, I get a little overwhelmed because I have lots of people um, wanting to talk with me wanting time with me, but there's only so much of me to go around. And I have put off for years in hiring anyone permanently for st- on staff because I wanted to make sure that the business was sustainable and profitable for many years before I did that, simply because I didn't want to bring someone on and then have to lay someone off. So I've kind of... Um, held off from doing that. Now, granted, because of that, I've been extremely profitable because I haven't had that expense of an employee, but it's also limited my growth and how fast I can grow. Processes and procedures are huge. If you're going to bring someone on staff, even a contractor, you've got to be able to tell them how you want things handled. You've got to be able to explain to them how customer service looks in your company, even if they're not dealing directly with the customer, they still need to know how you want the work to look. What kinds of things do you expect? You need to give them some type of checklist. Well, guess what? You have to create that stuff. And that stuff takes time. 
And typically those are the things that we don't create when we're busy. We create them when we're slower. I've noticed a lot of lessons I've learned over the years as I'm kind of coaching my husband through his business. He just started his business. It's a year ago in February. So he's reached his first year anniversary. And, you know, the things that he's coming across now are things that I've already learned the lessons. And it's real easy to just jump in there and want to tell someone how to do things, but you can't. They have to learn it on their own. But I can coach him through it and I can give him things to think about and I can um, let him know the things that I've learned, the lessons I've learned and see if they apply to his business because every business is different. And one of the things is don't ever think when you have downtime that you can just sit back and relax <laughs> because the day will come and it'll come much quicker than you think that you'll be so busy that you'll be like, man, I wish I'd use that downtime to do X, Y, and Z, to fix my processes, to procedures, to get caught up on work, to do this, to do that. And you will wish you had taken advantage of it because things will just be so super busy. Or maybe you're one of those people that you take on a lot of new work and you don't want to hire anybody because you just kind of want to keep all the work to yourself. And while that may be okay for your business, it may also be a disaster because if you take on too much, you can't handle it. But the thing that I do see that's interesting is people grow and they love to grow. We all love growth and, and it's exciting and taking on new people, but you don't pay attention to expenses because it's like, well, I got the money coming in, so I got to spend this. I got to do this. I got to upgrade this. Well, that's all great and everything, but if you're not managing those expenses, what's happening to your bottom line? And I say this, and I can't say this enough, because I work with a lot of very large companies that their profitability percentage-wise is so much less than mine, so much less than lots of other smaller companies out there that I work with. Um, it, it comes down to you know, how much money are you keeping out of what you make? Is it worth the growth if the expenses are going to match the revenue or come close to matching the revenue? What good is it to do all that extra work? What good is it to hire someone if at the end of the day, time you pay all the expenses of taking the new clients on, pay all the expenses of a new employee, you didn't really make any much much more money than you did before when you didn't have the employee and you had a lot less headache. That is reality. That is what I see so much is that businesses take on growth and they also take on expenses with that growth in revenue and the expenses end up matching the revenue. So they went from a $200,000 a year company that was making a couple, you know, maybe 10, 15,000 in profit each year to now they're a million dollar company who has a thousand dollars in profit. And yes, those are real numbers. Yes, I've really seen people who've done that. I had a client that was a multi-million dollar company who had no profit, none. They were 
in the negative. They were spending money faster than they could make it. And when I said to them, you're going to have to cut your expenses or you're going to outrun all the money you have in the bank, they were like, no, we can't stop spending because we have to have this and we have to have that. Well, apparently you didn't plan well, because if you did, you'd have money to pay for these expenses and you wouldn't be burning through all your cash. You would have saved up and planned, right? Or you'd have some plan in place to do these things. But somewhere along the way, they got it in their head that it made more sense to buy assets um, because those things would um, help them out financially. Somebody told them that was a tax savings and they should go out and buy all these assets. Well, they bought the assets, all right. But the problem is um, for them at the time, they could have rented them cheaper and they could have um, taken those rental expenses directly off their P&L versus the assets had to be depreciated over time. So it ended up costing them profit-wise, not to mention all the cash flow they were paying for the payments for the equipment. When I hear all the time people say, oh, my tax accountant said I need to go buy da-da-da to save and not pay taxes. Well, at the end of the day, are you going to spend a dollar to save a quarter? Because unless you really need what you're buying, it's a waste. I mean, why are you going to go out and spend a dollar in um, your money now to buy an asset that you don't need so you can save a quarter on taxes or less? But if you really need it, then it might be a good purchase to make for timing for taxes. That's where a good tax planner comes in handy. And that's where you need someone who can tell you based on timing, cash flow, all the things, if it's a good time to purchase. Just because you're going to get a write-off on your taxes doesn't mean it's good to purchase something, especially if you don't have the cash flow. And I see this all the time. People are growing, 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 and they're purchasing things that they don't have the cash flow for. Here's the other thing. If you're going to take on a job, the construction industry is notorious for this. You're going to take on a job and the job's going to net you a million dollars, but it's going to be paid out over time. But you have to outlay all the employee costs, all your labor costs up front. You've got to pay for all your expenses up front, but your billing is coming 30 days, 60 days, 90 days out. And yes, that's not unheard of in the construction industry. Then now you've got a cash flow issue because you're putting out all this money out of your pocket. You're having to pay your people. You're having to buy things, equipment, materials, whatever, mileage, gas for your trucks, whatever. And you haven't even been paid a single penny yet. And when you do bill it, which may be 30, 60 days down the road, your terms might be 60 days. So it's been 60 days since you've done the work from the very beginning. Then you've got another 60 days before you're going to collect that work. Think about that. That's 120 days that you are carrying debt, things that you've paid for, expenses. What kind of cash flow do you have? This is why people are making money on their books, but they're broke. Because they're having to outlay money 
for things up front that they don't have any revenue to match it. They don't have the money coming in. The money's coming later if it comes. And I say if, because anytime that you get billed after you've done the work, it's always iffy if somebody's going to pay you. It's one of the reasons why I say, you want to work for me, with me, you have to pay me up front because I'm not chasing money. So with growth, it's especially important like I said, in construction is a great example. If you're going to take on this big project, do you have the cash flow to manage the expenses before you get paid? How long can you go without being paid? Because see, a lot of times in that industry and in others, they don't pay you till they get paid. And then if somebody's late paying them, then they're late paying you. So these are all things to consider when you're growing. What's your cash flow look like? Can you really afford to take on the revenue? Can you really afford to take on the new employee? Can you really afford the time that it's going to take to do the job? What things do you need to have in place before you can take these things on? And what plans do you have to execute them and make them happen? I hope this has been helpful to you today. We'll examine more of the six reasons that business fail in upcoming episodes. Spring is hopping. We have lots of guests that will be coming on the podcast and sharing things with you about what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And if you would like to come on my show and share what it's like to be an entrepreneur, hit me up, send me a message, email me, uh, go on my website, fill out my contact form and say, hey, I want to be a guest on your podcast. And we'll chat and see if it's something that fits. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Blackburn Boss Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Come on over and join us over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blackburn Consulting NC. Or if you're on Instagram, you can look us up. Our Instagram username is Blackburn Boss. Hope you have a wonderful day, guys, and come back soon.